Hello and welcome to Written in Uncertainty, an Elder Scrolls podcast sat firmly in the grey maybe of Tamriel. My name is Aramithius, and this week we are talking about Volume 12 of The Truth in Sequence. We have reached the end of Deldry's Morvane's, I wouldn't say ramblings exactly, sermons and teachings and everything else, and we've got a fantastic perspective brought through for this. It, it's trying to do something similar to the 36 Lessons of Vivek, bring new perspectives in, and I think it succeeds really, really well at that, and brings in an alien perspective, and in some ways an opposite perspective to Vivek, and the more traditional obscure cosmology that we've been accustomed to in the Elder Scrolls. I'm a little sceptical that what it's trying to do here will actually succeed and that this will come about and actually happen, that Tamriel final will be the final thing that emerges, or at least that it's inevitable that it does so. But it's certainly been interesting digging around in the teachings of the Clockwork Apostles to try and find out that. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to go through this with me. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Normal schedule will resume next week, and you'll have to wait until the end of the episode to find out precisely what. The Truth in Sequence, Volume 12, taken from the sermons of Deldry's Morvane, 4th Torbillion to the Mainspring Everwound, by the word I wind the gears. I have spoken the words in sequence, child of Set. I have guided your eyes to the glorious nun ensuing, to the inevitable grandeur of Tamriel Final, Anuvanasi. I have shouted my grave admonitions and whispered the secrets of the infinite curve. Now, as my engine fails, I bestow upon you my final blessing. You who sing the song of making and set your wheels to axles, you intrepid star counters who shatter the old machines and smelt new truths from the crude and forgotten oars of the Arabis, you must hear this ultimate lesson. And this to me feels like Deldries is dying in some way, that this is intended to be their final thoughts at this point. It's the sudden realisation of, oh, this is all over and their engine is failing. Is this the final blessing of Deldry's to the Clockwork Apostles? It feels a little like it. It might explain why we don't find Deldry's in ESO that I've managed to so far anyway. And it feels in some ways like it's possibly something in the style again of the sort of blessings we see from the um, blessing of Isaac and the blessing of Joseph and the blessing of Jacob in the Old Testament where as they're dying they give blessings to their sons. That feels kind of what's going on here, that there's some final instruction and goodwill to be given from Deldries to the rest of the Clockwork Apostles. Tamriel final shall change you in ways both grand and terrifying, Anuvanasi. Just as molten brass cools in its mould, so too will your body take on a new and hardened shape. Just as water changes from liquid to steam, so too will the cheap preoccupations of your mind disperse and fade. Just as oil ignites and powers the engine, so too will your soul glow bright and drive the wheels eternal. The unity of Tamriel final must wash away our selfish pursuits and jealous will, Ashchild. Anuvanasi. In the glorious nun ensuing, we must exorcise that grinning apparition we call I. Only then can we know the sublime truth of the mainspring ever wound. We must walk change's road if we seek the end of disorder, and like all roads worth walking, it fills our hearts with joy and terror. This feels a little bit to me 
like Christian eschatology or something that looks forward to a renewed and rebirthed future at any rate. The idea that your body will take on a new and hardened shape sounds very like the idea of glorified bodies that we see in Paul's letters. But it also has a hint that everyone who strives towards it will be rewarded in some way. The kind of stick of we must follow this way because it will always be so anyway, you may as well join the winning side, is now joined by a carrot of you will be transformed in Tamriel Final, which isn't something that we've seen so far in the sermons. It's all been your own work and your own efforts to destroy your previous illusions and build new truths that are watertight and all the rest of it. The bit that I'm most curious about is the penultimate sentence. It talks about exorcising the grinning apparition we call I. Now that's in direct contrast to Vivek's teachings, which point to the name of the one and only God, I, in the sermons. This is trying to say, no, you get rid of the I, which has some interesting implications. I mean, on the most mundane level, it's the idea of sacrificing the self for the cause, which creates very, very loyal Um, people who are willing to do whatever it takes to further the agenda of the Clockwork Apostles, I suppose. But on a cosmic level within the Elder Scrolls cosmology, we're looking at something that is trying to subsume the eye into the whole. We're looking at something that is almost looking at zero-sum, maybe, as a desired state, that the self should melt away and become one with the next nerd ensuing. Once the new world is achieved, the self will no longer be a thing that's worth worrying about, that you don't really think about cogs or anything, you'll just be a part of the machine to make a slight semantic difference between the two there. How like the Etarda Gears we are, content to live our lives in vain and sequestered sorrow, all the while oblivious to the anguished cries of our fractured souls. Look upon the lonely shore of Nern. What do you see with your broken eyes? One beach? One sea? Deceit and vanity. The named illusion. For what is a beach if not a desperate agglomeration of isolated grains? What is a sea if not a churning mass of solitary tears? Separate, broken, arrogant and futile. Which is kind of a hammering a home of one of the repeated motifs within these lessons that the idea of division and separateness is both ever-present and not worth bothering with, which is a little bit interesting given what we've just talked about from the thing above, the idea of being a cog in the machine rather than a self and looking to be a part of a greater whole where the truth and sequence as a body of text, is quite dismissive of things like duality and separateness and so on, or at least named separateness. The named illusion here is called out as something that's obviously false and potentially a blasphemy even, which is an interesting turn of phrase in itself, but also potentially references a a few things which I want to pick up on. What is a sea if not a churning mass of solitary tears in particular? that it's associating sea with tears. Now that brings me in mind of a combination of the Anuad and some comments that were made as part of Varieties of Faith. It says that Kain or Kinnereth um, was Lorcan's wife and she wept after he's and she wept after his heart was torn out, which was what brought rain to Mundus. And the Anuad says that 
there were dispersed seas but no oceans before the Elnafay Wars, before all the death of everyone who fought in that war. Well, a lot of people who fought in that war. And so this is encapsulating both of those, I think, that a sea is both a cause for sorrow or a reminder of sorrow and just a potentially reminder of that sundering of the Elnafay and that war, which also brings about the whole conversations of water and memory, which we've talked about before. I'm not going to go over that at this point. But it's also a bit curious because simply because they're trying to draw out the paradox again of being part of a whole and not a thing for yourself, which is a little bizarre as far as I'm concerned. It's not something that I can really wrap my head around at this point, I don't think, simply because it's a paradox which seems like it should be so central to the core beliefs that Deldries is talking about here, and it shouldn't be a paradox. It should be something that is entirely understood. But then again, if we're working off the premise that the current form of Mundus is a paradox and a contradiction and a lie, then paradox in itself is probably the best thing that we're going to get to to express that sort of thing. Even after meditating upon these sermons, there are some among you who cling to the Nern prior. You fear the loss of your thin and impoverished self. You must cast aside these childish fears. What good is a self if it burns away at the threshold of what waits beyond time? Do you not see that the Father of Mysteries seeks to usher our world through the end, to protect us from the lies made flesh that seeks to destroy us? If you remember only one thing, let it be this. Our blessed clockwork God loves you with a fierce and awesome heart. What he does, he does for you and for all that would follow his divine example. And this echoes Set's own words uh, quite closely as well, that he only sees unsteady walls and is looking to protect everyone within those walls. That it's trying to build something that is going to last without a crisis that doesn't need to constantly be patched up. It goes back to the idea of the perfect machine that's been talked about earlier in the sermons and to try and fix everything into one singular thing that works and functions, which is what Tamriel Final is supposed to be. And the other thought I had in terms of this, the idea of the self being linked to something that's intrinsically transient, that reminds me quite a bit of some of the stuff that David Hume has philosophized about, that the self isn't really a unitary thing, it's just a bundle of perceptions. It's something that is just a collection of stuff that has been experienced. There's no I, there is no self, it's just a record of things that have happened, so to speak. And Bertrand Russell, further on, um, railed against um, Descartes' I think, therefore, I am, to say that, no, you, when you look at what's thinking, you can just say there is thinking going on at that moment in time. You can't generalise and say that because there is a thinking thing happening here, there is an identity behind it. And that's what this sermon is pointing to, the idea that the self is a fundamentally transitory thing that won't last beyond time, that will just 
fall away eventually because it's broken and imperfect and is part of an imperfect world. And in laboring towards that perfect world, soft cell will bring about perfect cells as well. Going back to the idea of the transformation of the self and the glorified body, it's going to make a self that is a self, not necessarily an I, because there is no I, but an I that is the whole, so to speak, a self that is the whole, and which is very, very similar to the notion of zero sum, as I've said earlier, the idea that you realize that you are part of the dream that is the world and therefore don't really exist on your own. In the current Tamriel, what tends to happen there, if you follow et arda et adra eat the dreamer's example, you will evaporate and just disappear as you realize that logic. It's literally the old gag about Descartes, the I think not and I disappear in a puff of logic sort of thing. But when Tamriel final will be that once you get rid of the I and the ego, there is still the part that you play in maintaining the whole and maintaining Tamriel final, I think, that because you are so intrinsically bound to the world as a cog, that cog will not disappear in the way that the self does when you zero sum. Lasting joy, the peace of unity, the sublime satisfaction of perfect rhythm, these are the product of our honest labours, the spokes of our blessed wheel that springs eternal. The mainspring ever wound offers perfection, child of set. You have but to gaze within, stoke your coals, add fresh water to your boilers, tighten your bolts, and believe. Tamriel final awaits, Anuvanasi. By the word, I wind the gears. And that final passage talks about what feels like a wholesale replacement of the Arabis, the replacement of the spokes of our blessed wheel that spins eternal. That's going beyond a replacement of Mundus. Before, throughout this whole thing, it's just talking about Tamriel final or Nern prior or Nern ensuing. And that final, final paragraph is looking at replacing the wheel, replacing the whole of the Arabis, the wheel which is the Adra as the spokes and the Daedra as the gaps between the spokes, remember. It's not just replacing the hub that is Mundus. That is just a nice little bombshell to leave us on, I think. The idea that the Clockwork City potentially moves beyond Mundus altogether to the Arabis is something that is a much bigger project than was ever hinted at before. And I don't know, I'm just kind of admiring Sothasil's ambition at this point, I suppose. Because trying to replace the whole thing, you are essentially trying to supplant Lorcan and all of his plans, which would make sense now I think about it, in that Sothasil is drawing power from the heart of Lorcan to fuel his own godhood and could then potentially replace him. There's some sort of elegant symmetry to that, if you like. And I think, just to hammer home all the stuff I've been saying about zero sum in this particular podcast, you have but to gaze within. It's an examination of the self that brings about that sort of perception, the idea of the self being different from what's outside or not different from the outside, begins with examining what's within and realizing that I and not I are the same thing. That's your final sum, and that's essentially trying to make zero sum the perfect equation, if you like, that I and not I are reaching something in the sense of I am part of something, but that something is not me. I 
probably should write work out some sort of mathematical equation for that but i'm not a mathematician if you are please please let me know what you think and how that could be expressed i'd be curious to see the results even if i probably wouldn't understand them and that's it for our look through the truth and sequence it's been a fantastic fantastic read through and i do hope you've enjoyed it as much as i have next week we will be returning to our general course of questions and thoughts about topics to do with the Elder Scrolls. As I said last week, we will be looking at some of the ideas that should have been bolted onto some of the things I talked about before, and we'll be starting with what is a Chesarine. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, please do drop me an email at writteninuncertaintypodcast at gmail.com or join the Written and Uncertainty Discord. The link is in the show notes or tweet me at Aramithius. If you have any questions you want to see me address in this podcast, I would absolutely love to hear about them and work towards addressing your questions whatever way I can. And just a final plug, I'm also streaming on whatever Fridays I can at the moment, Friday evenings UK time, generally starting around 7pm GMT. And if you want to see me play through The Elder Scrolls 3, commenting however I can on whatever books I find in the games, whenever I stumble across them, and just talking lore in general when I'm not, then please do join me for that at twitch.tv forward slash Aramithius. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this podcast remains letter written in uncertainty you've been listening to written in uncertainty a podcast written and presented by aramithius the music for this podcast has been kindly provided by jan glenbotsky check them out on soundcloud under songs from the lost land and i'll see you next time rated m for mature Because we don't believe in scripted advertisements, we're going to do this raw. I'm regretting this decision. No, you're not. This is the DL Weekly Gaming News. There's nothing to regret here because it's your source for everything in the gaming world. Every week, we bring it to you unscripted, unfiltered. That's why it's rated M for mature, right, Brenna? Among many, many other reasons. I am... One of your hosts, Jameson. And as he already said, I am Brenna, the other glorious part to this quality podcast. You can find us every week wherever you listen to your podcasts at DL Gaming News. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter if you want some gaming news in your social media feed every day at DL Gaming News. And uh, you can find us individually if you really, really, truly want to see our faces. I am at DL underscore Mother Goose. And I'm at DL Jameson. And this was an advertisement. Go fuck yourselves. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amaran. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from.